0: My name is Luke Butler, and you're listening to the Back of House podcast. And once again, today there is no Mike Rodriguez. He's busy on the campaign trail, trying to improve Sydney's nighttime economy. Uh, so thanks, Mike. So we're hi. I'm joined by Johnny Mubarak, who uh, he owns Gerard's Bistro, among a couple of other businesses as well. But um, Johnny's time in hospitality has been, uh, or journey into hospitality, actually was quite an interesting one. Um, uh, and I'll let him share that story. But um, Gerard. Art's Bistro is obviously a very highly acclaimed uh, restaurant in Brisbane, and uh, they've been at the top of their game for quite some time now. But um, I guess the reason Johnny is here is not only to share the story behind his business, um, but uh, his you know his approach to hospitality is is really uh, interesting and, and quite inspiring and he's a very, very humble guy and you'll even hear, um, I guess I assume from him, about uh, the way that family has interacted with his businesses and continues to do so, um, he's in partnership with his brother and sister. And uh, I know family is at the core of, um, of, of what he does on a daily basis, so uh, without anything further um, from me, um, let's get into our chat with Johnny. So, Johnny, yes, thanks for joining us. Hold the mic up, me. <laughs> <laughs> mate. Um, obviously, we've not known each other, I guess, a seriously long time, but known your business for a while. Um, for those people that don't know yourself, can you paint us a bit of a picture as to the businesses that you own and uh, operate and your uh, your hospitality empire, as it were? Yeah, I'm not sure if it's an empire, but um, <laughs> it's. It's, um,
1: we're a group called Movement Group, um, I work with my brothers and my sister, probably doing it for about 20 years, showing my age a bit, but <laughs> when, you know, um, we were we were actually all born in Melbourne, raised in Brisbane, came up here in the early 80s, and you know, Brisbane was uh, an interesting place back then, it wasn't... Such a big city. Now it's such a beautiful cosmopolitan city. I'm very passionate about Brisbane, mm. um, and yeah. Uh, so you know, we uh, well. Sorry, you asked me about so the venues we have is Gerard's Bistro, which is a I guess you can call it a, a, a nice restaurant. <laughs> I hate pulling wind up my own arse, but but it's 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 an award winning restaurant. It's um, we 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 kind of categorise ourselves as a modern Australian with Middle Eastern underscores kind of restaurant, genre. Uh, We've got Gerard's Bar, which is a charcuterie, Spanish charcuterie bar, cocktail bar, wine bar, you know, everything. We have um, LaRouche, which has been around for about eight years, and that's party bar <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a vortex <laughs> so it's definitely one of those places that's a vortex whenever you go there it's just 5am in the morning not, not now because of our new licensing laws that recently well a few years ago got in uh, introduced till 3 but um, yeah LaRouche is probably our biggest challenge but our one of our biggest successes prior to that we had Lychee Lounge which was, which was in Boundary Street West End and that was um, a cocktail bar, a true cocktail bar. Um, that was kind of... My brother bought that business and made it into a pretty interesting... A great venue, which was, got lots of recognition. It was known for its cocktails. It was one of many... One of a few great cocktail bars in Brisbane back in the days. You yeah. Know, there was places like the Bowery and Press Club. And so, yeah. And Lychee Lounge was probably... One of three, yeah, yeah, right. That was that was one of the yeah, that piney cocktail bars in Brisbane, and then we dabbled in a few other bits and bobs, and <laughs> we dabbled in other few businesses. Some, you know, we bought and sold and all that kind of stuff, and now we're kind of we're kind of settling in a bit more into the. We kind of want to go down the road of being more into the, I guess, food. Food-driven venues, yeah, not so much drinking venues, and I think that's that's changed a lot of the culture in, in Brisbane, probably Sydney, and oh I wait, mean, Melbourne as well. And yeah, I guess that's where we are. My background, Lebanese, yeah, grew up in a very not very traditional, but a. A, a wholesome Lebanese family. Are um,
0: they your parents' first-generation migrants? Yes, right? they migrated
1: to Australia back yeah. in the late 60s. How? Late 60s, yeah. They
0: built a business, didn't they? Is that, well, is they, that correct?
1: Well, they came here and they were they started off in the... They migrated to Melbourne where all, a lot of the migrants went there yeah. because the resources of, you know, speaking Arabic or whether you're Italian or you're Greek, they were... Um, they were primarily went there, or Sydney. Brisbane was definitely not <laughs> no. the place to come to. <laughs> but um, so they went there and <clears throat> they workers, you know, they became, they dad worked at the Holden factory, mum at Sheridan, yeah, sewing right. and all. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. They're such iconic Australian brands that are so interesting. And then... They were all, they came from a peasant village in in Lebanon in the Bekaa valley, which is very fertile it 's wine country, but also hashish country as well, <laughs> more wine country now than hashish, but yeah <laughs> um, uh, so you know they were farmers, yeah, they came from peasant backgrounds, they were their own in the, you know they they created their own wealth, they created their own livelihood, not that they were wealth they definitely weren't wealthy it was It was tough times back then um. For them, you know, a lot of people all around the world. So they came to make a better life for themselves in Australia. And they got jobs in factories and they raised, saved money. And then when Dad bought a cab and he bought a couple of cabs in Melbourne and then he bought a milk bar, which is really freaking cool. Yeah. <laughs> and Mum was, you know, Mum, you know, again, tradition, housewife, stuff the kids feeds us, takes us to school, all that kind of stuff, changes our nappies. And then they just did that, and we, you know... we, we the, the funny thing, the really interesting thing, which you don't see anymore, we had a milk bar and we lived behind there. Yeah. So we'd always go and steal lollies at, <laughs> at night. <laughs> where, where, where in Melbourne were you? <laughs> um, I think it was in Box Hill. Yeah, right. Yeah, Box Hill. I lived north at Box Hill. So I think that Box... I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure about geographically where that is in Melbourne, but I think it's more out side of the main inner city in a cbd area yeah northcote was also a um industrial area back then like it was had it was a i think there was an abattoir behind my uncle i remember we my uncle's house and there was an abattoir behind him in which he lived in And um, <laughs> this is so we got kids. Ordinarily, kids. we are so a, a we're a kid friendly uh, organisation and kids are running around everywhere. Sorry about that. We encourage our staff to bring, we don't encourage them, but they, they, they're free to bring their kids or pets on some days. Sorry about that. Sorry. Um, but. Um, so, sorry, yeah, my uncle my uncle worked and lived pretty much on the same block and there was an abattoir behind him. Now I understand that Northcote's a pretty groovy place. So anyway, the story is that we... Mum and Dad were workers, they became... They raised money to make something of themselves, started small businesses, milk bar. Then we came to Brisbane, fruit shops, delis, cafes. You know, they just see opportunity yeah and try and grab it and you know they had no fear yeah right i love that that's what i love that's because you know, I, they had no fear back then everyone would just have a crack yeah. you'd have a crack at fixing your car you'd have a crack at fixing <laughs> your washing machine yeah. you know people were just so much more intuitive and thrifty you know like just nifty with their hands and whereas now you just call yeah you call a you know you just you'd never do that yeah You'd never do that. Well, first of all, you probably have to be an IT expert to fix your car, but
0: you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, it's just... Do you reckon that is part of the reason why you went into business for yourself as opposed to working for someone else? Could you use that inspiration around just going out there and, and making it for yourself as opposed to working for someone else? Definitely. You know, I, I would never... I, I probably could never work for someone.
1: I mean, I could, but not... I would never work for a big corporation, ever, in a million years. And, you know, Australia lends itself to that. I think it it lends itself to those great opportunities for anyone and, you know, for anyone to go into something and, and, and try and build something for themselves. So we were all... My parents' main objective was to... Educate us, yeah. encourage us to go to universities, be lawyers, be doctors, engineers. So <laughs> yeah, my right. brothers, my brothers an engineer. He went and studied engineering, which right. is Ali, who is, and Ali was the head of the family. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <Not> <laughs> head, head of the, but he's the eldest, <laughs> yeah. so he's kind of the head, and he, <coughs> so he went and did engineering. Studied engineering, civil civil engineering, and he, you know, obviously mum and dad's eyes lit up when he got into university and did that. And go, you know, holy smokes, my son's an engineer! It's like you couldn't ask for a better, a better opportunity or a better path. Yeah. So he did that. I think he went out and worked a bit. He hated it. Right. He really, really hated it. And so then, so, so Lychee Lounge, we didn't start Lychee Lounge. Lychee Lounge come up, it was, I think my uncle was a business broker. Mm. And he goes, and he must have spoke, I think he saw how sad my brother is, my brother was, and said, do you want to, do you want to buy your own business? Mm. And mum and dad were doing okay back then. They had a few businesses and properties and stuff. And I don't know how he convinced them. So he bought a bar. And that was Lychee Lounge in West End. Right. He threw himself into that. Yeah. He he immersed himself with the staff. He he, he learned everything he could from him. He went. He just started from the bottom up and became a pretty good bartender and a creative bartender as well. Yeah. He wrote the menus the last few times in the in the in the last few, in the two or three years. He helped design, redesign, we did the renovation, he redesigned the venue with a guy called Nick Brunner, who's an amazing interior designer. <laughs> um, and, you know, I, so I was kind of under, so I started off under his banner, you know, under, uh, in his shadow. Yeah. My background was in film. <laughs> kind so of film. imagine telling your mum and dad to go to film school. It's like, <laughs> what? They don't even know what that is. You know, they didn't even know. was in film school. What do you mean for what the hell? No one know, you know. So I, I went to film school. I studied film in Brisbane. I went and did my honours in America, USC. And um, I thought I was going to be a hotshot director when I finished. Yeah, right. <laughs> that didn't really <laughs> work out for me <laughs> <laughs> so I started part time doing back bar. I was the I was the back I was the ba, I was the the what do you call them bar, the, back. bar back? Sorry, bar back. <laughs> I was the bar back at Lightsy Lounge. I absolutely loved it. Yeah, right. I absolutely loved it. It's 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 quite therapeutic. These kids again.
0: She uh, just wants to give you a rose. Oh, oh, she's
1: giving stuff. me a rose. And okay, Bella. So, uh, oh yeah. So I started off as a bar back at Lightsy Lounge. Yeah, there was no work in film. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, but I loved it, and I <coughs> that 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 opened the door for me in hospitality, and and the love of it. And you know, <coughs> it became reasonably easy. It, it, it came reasonably easy for me because growing up in a very hospitable culture and mum is the most hospitable person you'll ever come across but also the work ethic that was instilled in us. Yeah. It's just easy. I, I, lo- I love barbacking because it was quite therapeutic, you know you'd ice, you'd bins mop, sweep mop it was great, you yeah. know, it was awesome and it was fun just to see, observe how the bartenders would work and rhythm and it's an amazing, it's it's just an amazing entry-level position to start out in the business. Mm. So I kind of fell into it to a certain degree, you know, because I needed money to survive. And, yeah, from there I learnt more. I was never a great creative bartender. I mean, I created a couple of drinks here and there, but I never wanted to be that. Mm. I wanted to be a cocktail barman, not a creative, and then run businesses. Yeah. That was what I loved, and food and beverage businesses. And... And, you know, and I guess that's where we are today. And I kind of, on that path, I started to share the workload and the stress load with Ali and we became partners. And and then my my other brother came along and then my sister came. She was based in, she was in Sydney for about four or five years. And she worked for a few of the uh, groups down there. I can't remember exactly which ones. and But she brought a whole new... Creative approach to the businesses, yeah, with especially with Larouche and Gerard's and all that. So, I think we were meant. This must have been our path. Yeah, I feel like it was our path, and you know, of course, we have our ups and downs, but it's been it's been an amazing journey.
0: It's mm. definitely
1: been an amazing
0: journey. Have you had to kind of take a step back and amongst the three of you, work out who does what and set super, like we've spoken to a couple of people on the podcast who have been in pretty. Like close knit family business relationships, and they all have different kind of complexities. But probably the common thing is that everyone's sat down and said, "All right, you 100% do this. I don't do it." Like, and just clearly divide and conquer. Have you? is but looks on your face. I don't think you've done that. Where do I start? <laughs>
1: <clears throat> we have four passionate people. <laughs> you get four passionate lebos in the room, and I reckon. That's all I'll say. But no, yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, our roles are a little bit more defined now, um, and our roles are we've 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 gone. You know, you go through ups and downs in businesses, and you live and learn. And and we've now we used to be we we we, we, we would run. We were running as a company, yeah. Invert, you know, which corporation or whatever you want to call it and we centralise a lot of the processes. Yeah. For me and for them our lesson is is that that doesn't work in our business. We create we 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 and I'm and I'll get to that point of who takes on what role. And we were a bit all over the show then too, you know, we were doing a lot of things, you know, we'd jump into accounting, we'd jump into ordering, yeah, we'd jump into stock take, we'd jump into wine tasty and all sorts of things, so we were a bit all over the place, and then we kind of started to evaluate and self-evaluate the businesses and how we'd run and all that kind of stuff, and we thought, we need to go back to localising it. Yeah. We need to go back to being a thinking small business, but big and growing. So we we then, rather than centralise our office and our central processes, we then Came back into the restaurants or into the bars or into the other venues, and had put our offices back there and our staff. We saw a big difference with staff morale, with so many so many things uh, like um, stock take, stock control. Uh, y- you know, we were nimble. We, you could you know someone would come in and ask me a question, and I could answer them straight away. Yeah. Whereas they rather than sending in an email, mm. and they're not you know I might miss it on a few days later and I hate writing emails so we we uh so we kind of went back to the basics basically of being a small business or mm. well, thinking small uh which isn't a bad thing so people always say th- think big it's a different in different context thinking small thinking small in a bit in a food and beverage business I think is one of the best things you should you know you, your customer it's a personalized business it's not it's not zeros and ones it's not uh, people are different it's personalities it's yeah. human interaction it's you just can't you can't yeah you can't you can't remotely run these businesses yeah you can't remotely run venues like this and i understand that there's the 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 people that got their back end and have great managers and have on the ground staff and all that they do it so well mm. you know you look at you look at the Merivale Group who are phenomenal yeah we can't do it that way that's just our personality that's just the way we've been brought up that's our makeup and that is whether it's an advantage or a disadvantage, I see it as positive. Mm. And so we just, that's that's how we're going to do it. And that's how we're going to, you know, move forward in the future is keep being there on our businesses, being in our businesses and working, you know, working on and working with our staff. Well, I I don't, my staff call me boss and I hate that term. Mm. I don't, I'm not there to tell my staff what to do. Most of my staff are smarter than I am and they 're better than I am that 's what I do. I try and hire people who are better than me mm. and that 's what and i 'm there to assist them i 'm there to help, to encourage and empower my staff to be better i 'm not i don 't tell my my staff to ask me. I tell my staff what do you want from me? How can I help you? How can I make you better? How can I assist you? Can I get you lunch? Can I get you you know they 're they're, they're, they're on the front line they 're dealing with you know, customers that are moody, that are, you know, uh, they have to deal with all the the negativity. And, of course, they
0: get the positive as well. But we need to we need to create an environment where we're there for them. Where does you know? that come from? Is, is that something you learnt or did you – is that just the way you naturally think it should be? Well, I, I think humility. I think that's the, our
1: humility and I think that's probably, if I look from the outside – a lot of people will say you're very humble. Our whole, my, all my siblings, and my mother and father are. And I think that's something we got from our parents. Yeah, that we grew up with humility. We're You know, they always say, you know, <laughs> they'd always say, you know, there's poor. Pe- you know that whole saying, there's poor people in the world. Yeah, yeah. you know, <coughs> really. Um, you know, appreciate appreciate thankful, yeah um, what you got. You know, you know all and that, you know that's a roof over a head. Feed. That's all they wanted for for their families, and I think that's come through us in 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 what we do today. And humility is, I think, really important amongst staff because mm. there's nothing worse than you know these owners or managers who think they're hot shots and walking into their venues and you know yeah like I think it's really important and that empowers our staff, which is hence why we have very low staff turnover i have staff that have been with me for 10 years it's um 10 12 years
0: yeah it's all i mean that's that's honestly one of the reasons why i wanted to have you on because ever since the first time we spoke i was um very aware that you were genuinely very humble but also um thought of others it seemed before yourself and we don't need to go into the context of our first conversation but it was very clear that you didn't want to injure anyone's feelings or or do the wrong thing by anyone which is actually fairly uncommon within uh maybe most industries i think in hospitality it's, it's reasonably uncommon um but that humility aspect i think is um you know, it's key. But there's so many hospitality operators out there who think they're above the customer, which is obviously can we're, never be the case. Never, we're
1: never above our customer. Even when our customer's wrong, they're right to a certain degree. But you know, we won't get walked walked over. But we still have to take. There's you know, I always say in everything, anything negative, there's got to be a positive. Now we did get a complaint the other day. By a customer. And I yeah. definitely think it was well and truly over the top. Mm. But there was something in that. And, you know, I sat down with our general manager, Judith, who, and we kind of evaluated it. And, you know, the first thing that comes, you're pissed off. You don't want to hear that from a customer. But we, we kind of evaluated and we saw where that came from. Yeah. And, now, and, and you know, what we've addressed it, you know. And, it, and, I de- and you know, I'm going to meet that customer face to face. I've asked because oh, that's what I want to do. I want to just kind of go, I apologise for your negative experience. But I, I want, I don't, they, they, they took the time to review us and it was a detailed review. Yeah. Maybe still over the top. I don't know. Maybe it's true. I don't know. I'm not there. You don't know. But you've got to take everything serious. <clears throat> but that complaint is going to make us better. Yeah, everything makes us better. It will anything, small, big, whatever it is, it will always make us better. But take it in a positive way, and you can't, you know, have your tail between your legs. You just got to get up and go again. Mm. That's all you can do, and I think that's really, really important. And humility is is, and that comes with humility. You know, you got to be humble as well to take that criticism. Yeah, and I think that's what we do really well, and and and, well, we try and do it as 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 well as we can. Which is hence why longevity for us is—we don't go into business that to—we don't go into businesses to sell. We go into business for the next twenty years. Yeah, we don't—we've—we've—we've—we've we've, we've, we've sold, but we haven't. We generally invest heavily. And we, we initially invest heavily in our business knowing we're going to have it for at least 10, 12 years.
0: Well, I mean, there's a difference between building a business to sell it and building a business that is one day sold. You know, it's mm. all about your intention. People build businesses that they don't intend on selling, but it comes to a point where they get an option or an offer and they t- decide to take advantage of it. Yeah, a lot of people do that. And
1: that's a great, I don't, I'm not against it. I mean, they no. probably make more money, they definitely make more money than I do. <laughs> but I love what I do, I don't do it for the money. I do it for the love. I love the create the creativity in the food. I love managing people. Yeah. I love the bullshit that comes with the business. I do. So you are ca- I, <laughs> I mean when I mean, when I'm when I'm in that rut, I hate it, but when I look back at shit, that was good. You know, I like stress. Mm. I love that that I love the energy the fast-powered energy of suppliers calling you, you're you're late to you're late for payments, <laughs> you're, you're shuffling bills, you're doing all sorts of things. And that's that's what we do in our business. It's the ones that are calm and, and, and well, not you, you always stress, but the ones who can keep it together that progress. You know? mm. And there's some great, you look around us, Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne, all over the country, and there's great operators all over the place. And I learn, I learn something every day. Maybe not every day, but all the time. My staff teach me so much. Always, like they always teaching me, and I always try to talk to other people, and you know, you know, I don't delve and ask people about their business, but I try and listen to how things are going and what's going on mm. and all that kind of stuff. It's awesome. It's a great. The industry is amazing. It's such a great industry.
0: Do you it's, get out and experience the industry often, like outside of uh, Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne? You're out and about.
1: Well, see, I, I think. <laughs> Well, I do because every day I experience, because every day it's life. Hospitality is a lifestyle. It's not a it's, – well, it's a business, but it's your it's living. You're mm-hmm. eating, you're drinking, you, and then you send a few emails, you do some banking. You know, it's, it's, it's so – in the morning when I go to the coffee shop, it's an experience, mm. and I'll learn from that. There's a coffee shop underneath my building, and, these, and, there's, and there's, they're the most beautiful, humble people Right, I've ever you know, and I love that, and that's why they're so busy. Yeah. Humility, you know, they do, and 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 you know, you walk down the street, you just everything, and you learn from people that are making mistakes. You know, not that I wish that upon them, but it's good to learn from that, and you learn from the successes. You know, there's great successes out there. You know, we got the 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 Carlisle, which is an amazing success, which is on James Street, the hotel. It's beautiful. It's mm. grand. It's gorgeous. It's stunning. It's beautifully designed. There's beautiful people walking in and out of <laughs> yeah. it. It's, it's bustling. It's it's an amazing place. But you, I'm not going to do a hotel, not in the near future. But I'll learn from that. The guys at Howard Smith Wharves, they're killing it. Like it's mm. amazing. There's, they've tapped into a market that we didn't know existed. Yeah. And they're just unbelievably successful. It's yeah. it's amazing and good on them. Mm. You know. And you know that's it's 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 great. It's great. It's it's. But my business is my life. It's it's just lifestyle. So when I fly on an airplane, I'm experiencing hospitality. I see some of the hosties and I, some of their the way they serve. I, don't, I don't know sometimes it's bad, sometimes it's good. I, I'm not the person who complains, complains or reviews or anything like that. But you know, I keep all that to myself. But I learned from that. Mm. I learned not to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's really important. Not only learning to do something, but learning not to do something is just as important.
0: Yeah, totally. Yeah. Coming out of my cage and I've been doing just fine. Gotta gotta be down because I want it all. It started out with a kiss, I didn't end up like this. It was only a kiss, it was only a kiss. Now I'm falling asleep, and she's calling a cab while he's having a smoke, and she's taking a track, now they're going to bed. So it's um Let's talk about Gerard's because it's obviously been hugely successful, um, highly acclaimed. Put you know, I I guess it's. um, But I'd heard about the restaurant a long, long time before I got to come here and heard amazing things. And it's obviously, you know, just critically acclaimed, critically um, sorry, critically uh, or highly awarded. Awarded, yeah. What was it like? When did you decide to start the business? What was the idea? How did it come (laughs) up?
1: funny when I look back at Gerard's and what the goal was I don't it it just the the evolution of an idea is Mm. the most amazing thing in the world you know because I still do film and the same thing happens with that Right, you write this idea on paper but it evolves into something else and better Gerard's is the best probably the best process of evolution that I've that I have in my life, right? So Gerard's, we started off at about probably seven, eight years ago. <coughs> they offered a position here on James Street. We we kind of knew it was going to be the new hot precinct in Brisbane. So yeah. Okay, we have got to get into that. You know, you, you think you got we got to think forward. <coughs> we said so. We said let's do a restaurant. Let's let's. We've always wanted to do a top end restaurant. We said. Let's do it, you know what I mean? Mm. I had an idea, my brother Ali had an idea, and we were kind of the two who wanted to do it. He wanted to go more French, and I I've always loved my culture. Yeah. I've always wanted to do heaps more on Middle East, Lebanon, the whole culture. He shies away from that a bit more. Right. So we he's he's a designer he designs all the venues and, and and he gets on the tools and builds the interiors and all that kind of stuff so we um so he he was on that journey i was on the the food and bev journey and i met we met so we and you know you talk to people in the industry we need to find a chef we need this we need that a really good friend of mine referred me to a chef called ben williamson who was you know we met up and he we interviewed him we chatted and everything and he it was the irony of him He was previously and very recent at the time in the Middle East. Right, he was working for Qatar Airways and a few and throughout the Middle East. And we chatted and we didn't we didn't when we spoke to him in the interview. He was went perfect. It was great, amazing person. Blah blah blah. We said, let's do a cook off. Come cook for us, you know, and see where we go to. And he asked us what genre. We said. We're not going to give you this one. You just tell us what you want to do, with this, that, and the other. You just do what you want to do. So he came in, I don't know, I can't remember, maybe it was a couple of weeks later, and he cooked us. And he cooked us Middle Eastern food. Yeah, well, right. modern Australian with Middle Eastern underscores. And I remember to this day, that day, it was the most amazing. I, I, I've never had food like that. Yeah, right. Like he blew. It's it blew my mind. The re, and I when I tell you the really funny thing is, the dish that really got us across the line was a rice dish. Rice. He did this. He does this amazing rice with, you know, oh, I can't even. It's it's hard to explain, but with all these little dried fruits and this that and the other, and I've never I've never had such a taste explosion in my mouth. It's just ridiculously and he does that he has this knack of uh, how he works with flavours and um and I looked at Ellie and we just go holy shit like, yeah. this is fucking sensational like yeah. this guy is the bomb and he was very unknown like yeah. and that was in the days when you know big names were out there in big na- you know when we you know we just we, we were talking to other chefs who had big names and they were too expensive and this that and the other and so anyway, so Benny came on board, and, um, and so we went down the modern Australian Middle Eastern genre mm. or subgenre, whatever you want to call it. <coughs> Initially, we started off very slow. It was tough. It wasn't because it wasn't. It was it was the format of the food, not the food itself, but the format. Right. The format was a bit more traditional, like we did that entree mains desserts. Right. Know, and three months, and you can't sort you know, you, you have to be nimble. When you see problems in the businesses, you have to be nimble and you have to keep your, open, your mind open. And when you're under stress, when you're under that much suffering and whatever, that's when you don't think very well. Mm. You, so you've got to try and overcome that. So I went for a trip to Sydney, Melbourne. I can't remember exactly when. Anyway, and we just experiencing and reading and all, and then we talk, spoke about it. A few months went by. And we go okay, and and you know what we, we 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 it was a bit cloudy. What we when we when we first opened how, not it's not not the food. It was the format. So we went, we spoke, we experienced, and then we went back to the basics of what we as a as a culturally Lebanese or Middle Eastern or most people around the world. Right, mm. it's all about sharing. Mm. It's not about individual plates and this is mine and that's yours and this is the, the line. It's about sharing. Yeah. And we just did that and then it just went bonkers. It was such a simple yeah. concept, you know, but it took us a while to see that. <laughs> you know what I mean? But that's how yeah. that's how funny the, the life is and, and then it just became known Gerard's bistro modern Australian with Middle Eastern underscores Progressive Australian with Middle Eastern underscores. And, yeah, again, just took off. And I actually wrote down the word – I always forget where we got – where Gerard's the name came from, right? And I just came back from France because we're not really a bistro Mm. either. We're not a bistro, but it just – I don't know. It, that's probably my fault. But it kind of it's kind of worked out kind of awesome <laughs> yeah, in the same way. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I came back from France and I had uh, the French thing going on. Vous <laughs> le yes. whatever, you know what I mean. Bonsoir. <laughs> yeah. And everything in France has a name, like yeah. Jean or right. Philippe or, or Mademoiselle. Or, and I said, we've got to have a name. It's got to be a name. And so we got pissed one night. <laughs> <laughs> and we started Googling. <laughs> And my brother, again, it's this amazing evolution of heat. So if you see the bar, it's got these amazing angles and perspective yeah. and this, that, and the other. So we search and we go, perspective, uh, science, or some shit. I don't know how it came about. I wish I'd documented it more. But so there was a guy, it was a French perspective. Uh, scientist or mathematician, whatever you want to call it, he was a founder, and his name is Gerard Desargs. And so I just go, "That's it. That's the name, Gerard. Gerard's yeah. Bistro." Yeah. And that's how Gerard's Bistro came about. But then we got some, you know, again, it's that modern Australian with Middle Eastern underscores. There's those beautiful Moroccan tiles in the back there, and some nice colours, and you know, and then you got this amazing angled bar and it's it's kind of disjointed but also has an amazing synergy at the same time yeah and I think that's credit to my brother again he he um a credit to him and the builders that helped us out uh you know they they could foresee that I I can't see any of that I'm just like I don't have a lot of vision I'm more in the moment and operations and 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 I know if something's good or it's not good but uh, sometimes the vision can my vision is a bit more clouded but and I like to talk I like to bounce off the ideas I'm I'm, I'm big on collaboration I like to bounce off the ideas off people
0: so were you um, setting out to achieve hats?
1: Like, would, would, did you? I didn't even know what the hell a hat was. then we said, "Oh, you got a hat." I go, "A oh, hat, hat." I got heaps of hats. <laughs> What's <laughs> a hat? <laughs> oh, it's a hat. Shit. Okay, right. Yeah, yeah. That's great. Awesome. And I didn't, I didn't think anything of it. Right. Honestly, I didn't, I didn't. Even the Michelin thing, I didn't. Never. Not that we have a Michelin, but even that, I just didn't even know anything about.
0: Do no it matter idea. to you now? Like, do, you, do, do, do you put a lot of weight into that rating? Absolutely. Thing? Now we do, yeah, we yeah, do. Like- I, I will definitely admit
1: that we do. I think it's important, especially in this day and age, everything is rated, everything is reviewed, everything is scored. Mm. It's sad, but it's, it's too... It's. Kind of sad, but it's also good in a way as well. It's mm. kind of nice if you're successful, you get recognised, yeah. And I think that's important. You can't you can't take that away from the greats like your keys, your atticas, your yeah, your, you know, your Brais of the world. You definitely can't take that away. But it's you know like the whole thing with God, even like even it's great that people are learning stuff on telly like MasterChef and whatnot. It just makes us we now have to be better. Mm. We have to be better than what the punter is. You know, they have to come to our venue and experience something that they can't make at home or they can't experience at home. My motto is if you come into our restaurant, don't think you're going to be comfortable because you ain't going to be comfortable. We're not, you, The most comfortable place to be is on your couch. Yeah. Watching Netflix and having a glass of wine and pizza Getting or whatever. Eats yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah. But when you come to my restaurant... We're going to fuck shit up. We're going to mess with your flavor. We want to mess with the way you're seated. We want to mess with everything. We want to mess. We want to give you the best service you're ever going to get. We want to give you the food that's – you might not love it, but you're going to react to it. Mm. It's like art. You know, it can be positive or negative. It doesn't matter. As long as you react, That's you've succeeded.
0: Does it like like, to get
1: two hats – yeah, one hat. We've, so we, got, we, we had two hats and now we've got one. So we're a bit bummed out about it. But, we, but but it gives us more energy to keep going and go yeah. harder and the passion and the drive, you know but what I mean? But so
0: much has to go right to get one, let alone two. Like, you've got service, you've got the atmosphere, you've got obviously the food, you've got all of those things that they, they can't just happen. You've obviously... Have to work harder. Yeah, you have to. You, it's the attention
1: to detail. It's the hundred and ten percenters. It's not the hundred percenters. The hundred and ten percenters that do it. Even our social media is so important. Everything. Everything is so important. Everything gets. Everything. I, I'm, I My anal retentiveness is coming out <laughs> yeah. now. But everything. You know, my sister looks after the social media, and she's like, she's more anal than I am. <coughs> Judith looks after the front of ours servicing. She's more anal than I am too. You know, the kitchen staff, the every everything. And, but over and, and you know, people are in these watch over these aspects of the business. We we have them because they're the best. They're smarter than I am, you know? Mm. But everything has to be perfect. Yeah. It cannot be half assed and it cannot have any 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 room for error or mistakes or, or, or anything. It just has to be perfect. And Sometimes it's not. It's not always perfect. We've had bad reviews, and we've had good ones, and that's just the way it is. Again, negativity takes up takes something positive from the negativity. It's very, very important.
0: We very. can um, we can edit this out, but in the you've you mentioned self evaluation a fair bit mm. in going back and looking at why you dropped from two to one hats. Do you? Do you think you know why that was? Oh, absolutely.
1: Was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly why we Do did. Do to share it or not? Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can
0: um, We can take this out if you don't want to. Well, well I,
1: I, I'll, I'll, I'll be a bit more generic about it. I, th- I think going from two to one, I think there's two things there. We were hot that year that we got to Mm. so we got we were we were we were were all over the place everyone you know we were all over social media the papers all that kind of everyone was mentioning us so we were trending yeah which was great i don't know if we deserved the two i'm not sure but it was good yeah it's definitely good to have i'm not going to deny that and when we dropped to one i think we got comfortable right i think it's comfort we didn't we, – we we haven't been creative. We haven't been pushing. We haven't been investigating. We haven't been – the research and development isn't there, you know. Right. And that's all of us, not just one – you can't blame anyone. And it probably – it might start with me. You know, you, you get comfortable sometimes, and that's okay. But now, you know, you get – and sometimes it's good to have some losses. Yeah. Because you get up on you got to get up again and, 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 and just keep going and, and pushing harder and getting inspired and inspiring the key is to inspire like i said i 'm not that creative, but my staff are creative and, and I need to inspire them and push them and make them feel good and comfortable about themselves confidence um, confidence is such a big thing
0: too the, uh, the, when you were talking before about where you sit in the business like. Yeah. It reminded me, I was listening to a podcast, I can't remember which podcast it was, but it was with the CEO of Walmart, and it's a similar principle that we take in our business. Mm. He adopts an inverted pyramid structure. So typically in a business, the owner or the director would sit at the top, Mm. but the approach that he takes is that he sits at the bottom, and at the top of the pyramid is the client can the the um, customer in the business couldn't agree with more. So couldn't agree. you sit at the very bottom, supporting, Absolutely. assisting, mm. helping them get to where they need to be, and so on and so forth. And well, it's just if more it's very rare in hospitality. Yeah. Oh, I believe but most, you have to. Yeah,
1: yeah. They're, they're, like I said, they've got to be smarter than me. I don't want them. I don't want they've got to be better than I am. Mm. Oh, I don't want to hire staff that. Oh, I don't want to be the smartest guy in the room. I get the credit for it, which is quite sad. Well, no, it's kind of good. <laughs> but but I'll tell you what, I give credit to my staff. Yeah. Because they deserve it. They're amazing, you know, and that's why we are, we, we still are where we are, irrelevant of whether we're two or one hats. Yeah. <coughs> Our, you know, we we evaluate a lot. I look at ourselves and go, Geez, our, our service has been great this year or, and it's better than the year before, and, or our service is lagging this year. You know, you evaluate that, you know, mm. and you got to, if you don't do that, then you're not going to get better. Yeah. You're not going to get better. But I really believe, and, and I give credit to Benny, he inspired that 110%ers. Yeah. You know, and my brother as well, Ali. Ali was a big, Advocate of perfection. I could just go, just let it go. He'd make a drink and I go, man, it's awesome. He goes, and he goes, no, 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 it's not, it's not right. Just let it go. He wouldn't let it go. Ben wouldn't let it go either. There's plenty, there's those people who won't let it go. Yeah. I have those people surrounding me. That's the difference, hey? Yeah. I'm not that guy. I just go, oh, fuck yeah, it, right. it's Not a bad thing, you know. But, but they inspire me not to let it go. Mm. And I've learned that. Like, that's, that's something I had to learn. It's not in me. You know i'm not perfect in people might see that i'm not I'm definitely not perfect i'm knowledgeable in some things, but i'm not in the sense of my palate isn't the best mm. you know my creativity isn't the best, but what I know is that I can put something together or try and put something together, or whether it's just luck and some things just fall around me and and I'm just surrounded with some of the most amazing people maybe that's it I don't know
0: well sometimes all it takes is for a person to facilitate like maybe not this is going to be a a, a, uh, well anyway um, maybe (laughs) tangential but you know Creating a movie, directing a movie, Absolutely. producing a movie is facilitating. You're not the one starring in it, but you no. are enabling people to come to the forefront and deliver. And that's there are direct parallels in creating a great restaurant. because you are. It's exactly the
1: same. You are so right. Every day we build the set, and every day we bring it down. And do you know what? You're right. It's an enable, and I'm a director, so it's the actor and the DOP and the it's it's again it's creating the atmosphere that is uh, that breeds creativity mm. that breeds positive energy that breeds comfortability where you your actors or your staff or your waiters feel good but it's also research and development it's 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 passing on all the knowledge to you know our staff so you know what's zatar what's fermented? what's what's kishk fermented yoga what's what's where's the meat from where is it you know all that we got we got to give that to our staff yeah if they don't have that well I when they have that, they feel confident. They feel they're smart. They feel good. They can answer questions. When you can answer questions to your customer, if, if, if a customer questions me and you can answer them, you feel good. Mm. You're, you're like a teacher. You know, teachers have to be confident. In teaching their students, and that's what our staff do. You know, it's a, they do. A, they we educate them to for them to educate the customer, or and it's not about coming to school or whatever. I'm not trying to be. You no, know, no, mate, you
0: see what I mean. Having my
1: nose up in the air, but but it's important. People want to experience different things. Mm. You know, there's you, you're sick of the normal. You know, the everyday stuff, pizzas and this, that, and the other, and burgers and fries. The whole burgers and fries movement. Fuck, I can't wait to see that go on. But <laughs> anyway, but. Um, <laughs>
0: But But yeah, knowledge is—you see what it does to people when they're entering. Even, mate, I mean, referencing my experience, you see, I used to be the training manager at Cargo Bar in Sydney in bloody Cargo Bar twenty years ago. Something (laughs) stupid, but you would see these kids that come in with no experience and the slightest bit of knowledge about where a vodka is from, where a gin is from, or how to serve a drink properly. And they would—they just shift the way that they serve customers shifts. It's it's just—it's an amazing
1: thing to have. Like you see, that's why we live longer. That's why we're healthier Mm. because we, our fitness, our diet, our everything is—we're so much more knowledgeable. Mm. We have to be. It's amazing, and and then you know you bring in such great experiences into. You know, you go to great restaurants like. I'm just sorry, I'm trying to think which restaurant. I'm, <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm trying to ex- think of an experienced restaurant. Like, <coughs> you know, the boys, the, the Gannon boys who got Donna Chang's. Mm. They bought that amazing, I'd call it, whether it's provincial. Cantonese. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to shoot myself in the footy. Anyway, is, yeah. well, same as what's the one in Sydney, um, Mr Wong's? Yeah. They brought that experience to Australia. Mm. Like, where do you get? You can't. You, you, it's amazing. What, no, you know what the, what the better one is? Um, what's the one, the late night Chinese in Sydney? i will be there a few times.
0: Golden that. Century.
1: Golly, yeah. yeah. Like, how amazing is that? Yeah. You know? It doesn't have to be a fancy restaurant to have no. that. Like, it's, but it's. Freaking awesome! Yeah. Like it's freaking like I don't know what that is, but my my local Chinese restaurant is the furniture isn't that great. Mm. The food is you know the 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 ambience isn't that great, but they make it. They culturally culturally they make it into this most amazing unit, and I then I'm addicted. Which one is it? It's Quantan's in West End on ah. Hargrave Road. Yeah, yeah. it's ama- it's just. You can't, you know. And I'll go to a fancy Chinese restaurant, but it's just not the same.
0: Mate, everyone's
1: got that Chinese restaurant. Just not the same, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's just, it's just awesome. It's not yeah. dingy. It's freaking awesome. It's yeah. just
0: what it should be.
1: And some things you can't mess
0: with. Well, it's that product yeah. over, um, well, product over service, or product versus service. You know, you can have – we talk about it a lot. We've spoken about this podcast heaps. You can have yeah. um, amazing products served in a terrible way and the restaurant will still be amazing. No great fit out, no great furniture. Absolutely. No oh, amazing I, design that product will be in out. You
1: know, my big – I'm a big advocate of that. I'm, 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 I'm all about – look, I love my restaurant and I love where we are refinement. But I love taste, and flavour is really – taste and flavour is really important to me, first and foremost. Mm. You know, I'm all about – I don't care how refined it is, and I don't care how it looks. It's just – if you – Present a meal that's amazing to someone. They wouldn't care how bad this. You're right. How bad the service is. Yeah. Hence why I love going to my that Chinese restaurant. Yeah. Hence why I like go to the Vietnamese restaurant. I don't go to fine dining restaurants anymore. I can't mm. do it. I don't like it. I, I mean, I I do like it, but I just love, I love call the peasant food. Mm. I love mum's food. You know, I can't, you know, I would never go to another Lebanese restaurant. It's insulting. (laughs) (laughs) I would, though, but, you know, mum, you can't, my mum cooks the best food, and a lot of people will disagree with me, but mum is the best. You know, like, she makes her own bread, her own fermented yoghurt, she does everything from scratch. Like, she, my mother hasn't... She hasn't modernised, she hasn't progressed, she's still where she is, she's, she watched her grandmother and her mother make it, she's mm. exactly the same. She's an open-minded woman, she's a very wise woman, my mother's one of the most wise, she's the most inspiring person in my life. Right. I know it's going to sound cliche from her, no, you know, but, babe, but, not at all. but she still makes things from scratch. She makes her own olives. Right. Pickled, you know. Yeah, yeah, Do you know how she, because you know you got to put a slit in the olive, right? Right. She mum will be sitting on the floor and he's really, we. you know, know they're nice house and whatnot. She'll just crack it with a rock, splits it open, puts it in a jar, and an olive vinegar and olive oil and whatnot. And that's how she, you know you got slits in olives. Oh, yeah. It's, she cracks it's, it with a rock. It's. Do uh, you believe that? That's how <laughs> simple it is. Right. But. And, and just the rock it's just it's. Um, I just see that and I'm amazed I kind of wish we could go back to that yeah it's all she awesome. does her own pickled beetroots her own pickled eggplant she does it's, she does everything she will you won't see mum catch mum dead in a restaurant
0: yeah right. <laughs> she does which I so when are you opening her restaurant oh
1: jeez I wish I could if I if I you, I never appreciated mum mum's food growing up or my younger date <laughs> If I knew what I know now, mate, she'd she she's she's a bloody she's a, she she'd make me a millionaire.
0: <laughs> you need to write down those recipes. Oh yeah, yeah,
1: site. yeah. No, I know we, we we I will do that. I'm definitely want to do that. It's hard to get recipes out of her because she feels it. She can't, she won't, she's just a pinch of salt and a bit of this. And it's not a pinch, it's more than a pinch, mum. I don't know, you know she's just <laughs> <a pinch, though. laughs> It's her pinch, you know? A little bit, she feels it, she feels it all the time. And it's never the same, it's just always different and it's always amazing, you know? Oh,
0: I want to come around. It's for phenomenal, you, yeah. So, mate, we were talking a little bit before about the local market. How are you finding Brizzy? Obviously, there's um, a lot of growth here. There's, you know, Smith, Wolves, Heleneca. All the restaurants down at the wharf, um, a lot of movement. Even the hotel market here is pretty crazy in terms of an F and B that's being offered. How are you seeing, Brizzy F and B or hospitality, at the moment?
1: Brisbane's amazing. Like Brisbane's such a a a, a, be- a beautiful city. First of all, it's a growing city. It's creative. It's young. It's vibrant. It's also saturated. Mm. And it's and it's you know we're not I mean like any probably any any city in, in Australia at the moment it's not there's not population growth but there's competitive it's very competitive you know there's so many places opening there's so many landlords desperate to fill in their spaces and office blocks and all this and all that it's a very competitive market in all industries and F and B is probably more than maybe many of them. So that's tough at the moment. But, mm. Well, from what I see in Brisbane. So I'm not sure if that's going to slow down things or, or,
0: or, or what what that's going to do. It's. Yeah. Is it shifting? Do you think more people are coming out now? Considering, because I was up here maybe, I think last summer caught up, but I went out for a couple of drinks on James Street uh, on a Wednesday night. And mm. I think. You know, comparative to Sydney, there are far fewer people out on the streets. I think you guys and maybe Hellenica were the only two places that were really busy. Um, Do you think the, or are you seeing that the influx of new, you know, quite premium restaurants, bars is bringing more people out? I
1: I, I 100% agree with you. I think you've got to be good now. Mm. You can't just do a burgers and fries joint. You can't. You, you can't just do chicken wings. You can't. You know everyone does that. People want to experience something different. You can make that at home, like steakhouses, right? And I'm not no no to any steakhouse. There's some amazing ones out there, and but there was this one person who said that let's go get a steak. Well, and this was kind of a compliment to us, but let's go get a steak. Oh, no, let's go to Gerard's Bistro. Uh, so, 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 sorry, I'll start the story again. Someone was taking someone out from Sydney, a friend of ours, and they were telling me this story. Let's go get a steak. No, I can cook a steak at home. Let's go to Gerard's Bistro. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, that is, they want adventure. They want something yeah. different. They want to feel good. They want to look good. They want to experience something good. They want something that's got depth. Yeah, you can't be it can't be surface shit anymore. It's got to be good, and I think that's (laughs) and you'll see that you'll see a bit of that happening in Brisbane at the moment, probably Sydney and Melbourne as well. More maybe more Brisbane and Sydney than Melbourne, but um, from what I understand, but it's not. It's you can't you can't be mediocre anymore.
0: It's, um, I was chatting with Ross Juricic, from, He's one of the owners of Stone & Wood, or the founder of Stone yeah, & Wood. Yeah. We did a podcast with him, and he. After, afterwards he was talking about the concept of the third space, which is yeah. really driving um, consumer trends. I'm not sure if you've heard of that, yeah. but it's like essentially exactly what you're saying, people are not after Mm. a place where they can go and get what they can get Mm. elsewhere, they're after an environment where they're going to experience something that is foreign that's authentic, it's like uh, he was talking about in relation to brew pubs and how you go somewhere because you go to a brew pub because maybe they've got five or six different beers on tap that you've never tried before or you go to Archie Rose Distillery in Sydney for example to try something that was maybe distilled or or, um, released that day it's it's a similar thing. yeah it's the I I said I threw
1: magic in. there's a magic in those places there's a magic in that experience that you can't describe but you just feel it it's it's subconscious it's not yeah absolutely it's totally like like you just can't you can't describe that when you come into this place and you you just feel it's a a feeling it's an emotion Mm. you can't it's not just about what's on the menu and, and the service and all that it's uh, what do I don't know? I thought that's what you were saying with the um,
0: the third third box. space. Yeah, third space. yeah. yeah it's Sorry. intangible. But it's it's you can't yeah, you can't, can't you, you can't, can't describe but it. Out, yeah. No, not at all. And I
1: think that's what that's what these the good the venues that that offer that will succeed and progress. Totally. <laughs> G- generic ones won't. They won't survive. The other problem is you're getting every Tom, Dick and Harry who wants to open a venue. They think a bar is easy to run. Believe me, it's one of the hardest things. And you don't make as much money as you you think you do. It's not like that. Yes, we do have a great lifestyle because it's about life. Yeah. But it's not, you know, it's not as good as it looks from the outside. There's a lot of stress. There's a lot of, we're getting tightened up by government more and more. we're we're, we're taxed through the roof we're let you know everything there's a license for this there's a license for that it's just it never ends Mm. it never ends you're always shuffling bills you're always shuffling it's just it's ridiculous it really is it's so over over regulated it's ridiculous yeah and that's that's the problem in Queensland. And, I mean, you, recently you see the, 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 the premier shutting down festivals in New South Wales. Yeah, it's, like, it's crazy. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you people? Like, what, what, what are you, the fun police? The fun police, I love that. It's just like, what the fuck is wrong with these government, these politicians? Yeah. You know, no, I'd love so... them to be on the other side of it, you know. I'd love to see them, you know, running businesses, but they're just
0: it's about bureaucrats, man. Right? I mean, they've got, they've got well, no. they would not have been to a festival Fuck no! For a very, very, maybe ever, given no. their personality type, it's probably never who they were. So they just don't understand. Oh, it. are just a bunch of dick. Oh,
1: <laughs>
0: but you know that guy who
1: does the 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 blues. Is it the blues and roots are they're shutting him down? No, it was Mountain what, Festival, maybe or something. What like the that. one in No, He's a guy in and he can't do it this year because they slapped him with the two hundred. Well, fucking two hundred grand! Like what the fuck? Yeah. What with you people? Yeah, well, but you just not You you don't even know how to manage money. How do you? Send it's like a, it's like, it's ridiculous. But it's not adventure. It's a bully tactic. Yeah. Like, just because one kid dies from drug, and God bless his soul, we're not all going to do that. We're not all going to, and you know, the one punch thing that we got up in Queensland where they shut, they bought the, the, the license, uh, the yeah. lock out to 3am, three, 3 it's like, there's, it's done nothing to make it better. It's just moved to issues around. It's just moved. Like, it's just, there's nothing. It's just, it being, they, they're just stupid. Mm. They don't study things before, they open their mouth before, they shoot, you know, before they think about things and they don't, you know, you, you have all these resources. Why don't you research and develop the way we do it? Why can't you do it? you got more, you know, you have plenty more resources than what we have.
0: Mm.
1: Your governments, you tax a shitload. Use that money, research and develop, study and figure out what the best scenario is. But it's like, it's like, it's nearly, we're nearly, we're like a communist country. Mm. We got, we got, we got curfews. What the fuck is that?
0: You know, what's going on here? I don't know. The issue is in Sydney and New South Wales in particular, but in Sydney, even though the changes seemed quick, yeah, the impacts was actually quite gradual. Like it wasn't mm. like when they bring brought in um, the restrictions for late night trading in Kings Cross specifically, yeah. and then they opened it up into new regions. People still went to Kings Cross for a while. They mm. didn't notice how big the impact was because it was. It took maybe six or seven months for it to be fully well, felt. They killed it. They killed but Kings it's Cross. Made, it's dead. Like it's dead. Sydney, it's how do, kill, in place now. how do you
1: kill? How do you kill? An area in the CBD of one of the best cities in this country, probably the best city in the world. Sydney is one of the most beautiful cities. I love Sydney. Yeah, I would love to one day go do something down there. Mm. But you killed you killed the uh, uh, an area in the CBD. Who does that? Well, mate, it's what, what is wrong with these Mike people? Talks about Mike, the that, time, Mike, like, what is he, what's his name? Mike. He's out. He's out of government now, isn't he? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> what an idiot! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Most Casino time. Mike. Casino they call Mike. him Casino Mike. Yeah, <laughs> Casino gets everything. <laughs> that Those makes. poor small bar and restaurant owners get nothing.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's tough. It's it's tough down. It's pretty there. tough, yeah. eh? especially yeah. when you consider the fact that the place is basically one large construction site. When you look at everything that's happening there, it's in uh, it's insane. There's no wonder people just sit at home watching Netflix. Yeah, do, uh, well they watch takeaway. Uber
1: Eats. Girls go to Dan Murphy's and smash. You know, with twenty dollars bottles of vodka and. Get pissed and take fucking weird drugs and all that kind of <laughs> shit at home. Now one the, the that new drug culture, yeah, I blame it on the lockouts because people are now staying at home. They're going, oh shit, it's eleven thirty. Oh, it's going to shut in an hour or it's whatever. I don't know. Midnight, say in Sydney. People don't go out so late. They get prepared. They you know they have a few drinks at home and relax. Now they're just having drinks. Getting food and buying cheap shit drugs, Mm. you know, and it's like, and and they're dangerous, Mm. and that's what's that's what's going on. So they're and they're being introduced into our communities, and you know, all that, and that's why we're getting all these bad drug overdoses and all that kind of stuff. Mm. You know, if these and they're in the suburbs too. But if they're in a centralised area like the entertainment precinct in the Fortitude Valley, they'd be monitored. There's CCTV everywhere. There's coppers. There's this. There's that. The other. When they're in the venues, they're even monitored more. Yeah, totally. You know, we've got CCTV. We've got security. We got. We got everything. And if someone misbehaves, we'll pull them up.
0: Worse, well, the level of behaviour because yeah. you're in a regulated environment. That's absolutely yeah, yeah, exactly in a regulated environment. Mm.
1: But no, they don't. They don't think of that.
0: Why would they? What's the point? <laughs> Mate, um, let's jump into the final questions. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, favourite book that you have read recently, or uh, mate, could be any any. Well, I haven't a read a book for probably whatever. thirty years, I reckon. Yeah, right. oh, be <laughs> I've got a podcast though that I like. Yeah. <laughs> I've
1: got a podcast. Meet the creatives. It's yeah. Freaking awesome, and that's about. <laughs> that's um. You know, it's got all sorts of people from different creative backgrounds, like uh, web designers, graphic designers, filmmakers, animators. What else? There's so many, and it just gives, and they just give their perspective on industry, on creativity, on development. It's awesome. It's great. I think anyone, every, anyone who has an opportunity to check it out. I should definitely do that
0: yeah right um, favourite album or artist right now do you get a chance to listen to me yeah I do
1: yeah right I'm going to be really cliche okay, here we go Queen <laughs> I'm listening <laughs> to Queen hey,
0: I would not have picked that I'm definitely listening to Queen
1: The Strokes yeah See, I'm more rock
0: and roll. So you're super current, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no,
1: no, yeah. Yeah, so I'm totally rock and roll. Um, who else? Oh, uh, the Killers. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah, man, absolutely, yeah, yeah. I used to be into the funk and R&B and disco, but no, I, yeah. I've always been in, into rock. Yeah. I played the guitar when I was younger. And, yeah, right. Yeah,
0: so definitely, yeah. Yeah, cool. Uh, what's your favourite drink right now?
1: Well, I drink old fashions like yep. it's bloody cordial. That's the problem.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Is that why you're mid horse today? <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm a bit dusty.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Favorite venue other than your own? Where, where would you go venue? right now for a meal where, or for a drink? If you okay, need.
1: you know what? I'll tell you what. It's in Sydney. All right? Is that? Can I say Sydney? You say you Sydney Continental. The Con- Continentals in Newtown. Yeah. Fuck yeah! Awesome. Meat, bread, olive oil, like. Amazing. Yeah, right. Yeah, do you know which other one I love? Is that what's the one where you walk down the stairs that beautiful restaurant bar where they got all those beautiful small whiskies? What's it called? The French in the city.
0: Hubert. Hubert. It comes up a lot.
1: Raw meat, um, uh, tartare, charcuterie, everything raw. Like it's just amazing. That and champagne, just. Underground, pff, yeah. You feel like you're in a bit of a, a, a speakeasy, I guess. Yeah, yeah. 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 So that, uh, yeah, those two places are definitely. Here, I don't know where would I go here. Look, I love my venues, I guess. I'm, I'm not, I'm not very adventurous anymore. Yeah. Quantans, Happy Boys. Yeah. Happy. My wife went there last Yeah,
0: and she she's been pushing Happy Boys. Is she freaking is awesome
1: it's the best. I love it. It's my favourite, favourite Chinese. having always around the corner, so I go there as regularly as I can. Quanta and I got to venture over the, over the bridge, and I don't like to venture too far out. <laughs> <laughs> or mum, or mum's cooking
0: <laughs> yeah. restaurant coming soon. Uh, finally, who in the industry? We know your mum is your biggest inspiration yeah. in life, but is there anyone in the industry that you <coughs> look at and uh, I guess take inspiration from? I I, I don't have anyone specific. But
1: there's people in the roles that are amazing. Mm. I mean, you know, I was listening to your podcast with Jason Crawley. I think yeah. he's amazing. Yeah. You know, he's developed these amazing uh, syrups and he did the the Crawley Shaker. And yeah. I think, man, that's inspiring. Yeah. Like, that's risk-taking. That's not money-making. That's, like, art. Mm. And I love that. That's, yeah. that's the shit I love. You know, you look at guys who are doing, you know, uh, Great chefs, uh, Peter Gilmore, uh, all those guys uh, that are doing amazing things with food and pushing the boundaries and getting recognised worldwide, absolutely inspiring. And then you've got, you know, Justin Hems, who runs the Maryvale Empire, inspiring. And there's the guys that – and then there's the small guys who uh, just do their thing for the next 50, 60 years. Yeah. And they're fucking cool. Like, yeah. they're just like, you know, I love that, you know. Just doing your thing, loving it. Yeah, you know, I think that's amazing. Mm. We could, we're, it's it's so easy to cha- chop and change, and so many big influences, and you can just go. Oh God, well the other day, I was sick. I self-diagnosed myself. <laughs> <I've giggled. laughs> And just went drinking again. <laughs> I got over it. Sorry, I didn't encourage that. I shouldn't encourage that. Yeah. So yeah, man. Everyone, explain what you do. I love this. I love the podcast. I told you when I first met you. I love that podcast mm. that you're doing. I checked it out and it was awesome. You know, I think you guys. It's awesome. We need this. Yeah. We need more of it, and I look forward to listening to more and more people. So yeah. Yeah. no. Nice. You know, and and all, you know, our chats. Our chats are great. You know, we have great chats, and we've. You know, talking to fellow bar owners and restaurant owners, you know, it's inspiring. You know, with what's going on, how's things going? I think that's good too.
0: Yeah, nice man.
1: But there's no one who's my rock and roll inspiration, you know, at the moment. Cool. So yeah,
0: mate. Um, Thanks for uh, taking the time. It was, uh, you know, always good to hear. Thank Uh, you uh, so much. Chat with you to hear the story was uh, (laughs) was awesome. I think your perspective on the industry would be. Really uh, well, well respected by a lot of people. So thanks. Thank you so much for
1: having me, Good. and really appreciate it. And let's get another beer.
0: <laughs> yeah, Happy Valentine's Day.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was a chat with Johnny Mubarak, and look, I think for me, the number one thing to take away from that is uh, just Johnny's approach. To, to kind of life in general, to be honest. You know, he's this super humble guy, um, really passionate about what he does, and I think his uh, his approach to hiring great people and letting them show him the way, you know, it's not uncommon. You, you, you see a lot of people talking about it anyway. I think... Um, the businesses or the individuals that actually enable that to happen in their organizations are are few and far between. Um, Johnny is definitely an example of that. And having worked with him a little bit, um, you know, he he definitely lives and breathes that. He he stands by his word. So, um, look, it's it's a pleasure to, to hear people like that who are so passionate about Um, what they're doing and what they're trying to achieve. So hopefully you enjoyed that conversation with Johnny. We look forward to uh, joining you next time on the Back of House podcast.